Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The New Statesman. You are listening to audio long reads from The New Statesman. The best of our reported features and essays read aloud. In this episode... The Curious Case of London's Christian Revival, written and read by Tomiwa Owalade. This article was published in the 29th of March issue of the New Statesman magazine and online. There is a building in the South London borough of Lambeth that used to be a bingo hall. For decades, generations of men and women came here for pleasure and recreation, community and belonging. Now its grey walls are scoured with graffiti. This building is silent for most of the week, a picture of dereliction, except for Sundays. Then, between 10am and 12pm, a resurrection begins. When you enter on a Sunday morning, you are received by the welcoming committee Three or four charming, smartly dressed young women point you to the main hall. It is like a concert venue. The chairs are plush and maroon. The floor is thickly carpeted in a funky spiral of lime, yellow and blood red. There is a choir on stage singing music to dance or sway to. There is also a massive TV screen behind the stage, Smaller screens flank the venue like guardian angels. Welcome to an African church in London. Rowan Williams, the Archbishop of Canterbury between 2002 and 2013, told me that on a recent drive down the old Kent Road in South London, there were storefront churches on every corner, with men and women beautifully dressed in white robes, chanting in West African languages such as Yoruba, occupying venues left to disuse. Williams was noticing something that has become ever more apparent. The face of British religion, and Christianity in particular, is changing. There are over 250 black-majority churches in South London. Around 20,000 people attend them every Sunday. This is the greatest concentration of African Christianity outside Africa. These are not the traditional spaces for worship. These churches are bingo halls, schools, community centres, warehouses. They are mostly Pentecostal, 
or have an evangelical dimension to them. Southwark, where many are located, has the highest number and percentage of African people out of all London boroughs. House of Praise, the place I visited in Camberwell that Sunday, is one of these churches. The preaching itself at the House of Praise started around 45 minutes into the service. There was talk of London life, but, along with the customary references to the earthquake that devastated Turkey and Syria, and to the ongoing war in Ukraine, the pastor mentioned the then-upcoming Nigerian presidential election. He was wearing a sharp suit, black jacket, dark blue shirt, and a tie. The congregation was active, and there was a call-and-answer structure in place. He, God, is giving you all things, say. I have all things, the pastor commanded. I have all things, they responded. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. At one moment, the pastor exclaimed, I see you manifesting greatness. The church focuses on outreach, whether temporal, spiritual, or digital. It has its own YouTube channel and an app. There is a missionary zeal and an emphasis on communal engagement. It runs a soup kitchen and clothes bank for the local community. Benga Samuel, an assistant pastor in the church, told the Voice of America radio network in 2019, We are like the seed that was sown by those who brought the gospel earlier on, and we are the fruits of those seeds, bringing them back and trying to bring Christ back into the centre of everything that's done. The church is a social hub. Are you single and looking to get married? Come over. Do you have problems at work? The church is here to help you. Are you lonely? You know what to do. This is the function that places of worship had for centuries among the British. Now, in London, these centres of communities are more likely to be built and maintained by first or second generation migrants. Pastor Andrew Adeleke leads House of Praise Church. I asked him via email after the service why churches are still important for contemporary Britain. He told me that the church, from time immemorial, serves as the moral compass of society and that there are so many things the church can be involved in, such as justice, poverty, discrimination, family, crimes, climate change, community cohesion, peace, love, the ministry of watchmen, gatekeepers of the cities. Can there be a religious revival in Britain? Black-led churches are known for fervent prayers, Pastor Adeleke told me, which is a precursor of religious revival. So it is possible for God to use Nigerian churches to lead the next religious revival in Great Britain. Away from London, the prospects for a religious revival look bleak. So many churches in Britain are dead or dying. They are no longer buzzing temples of praise. One can enter what from the outside looks like a church, exquisite Gothic architecture and all, and soon discover it is something else inside, an art gallery, a pub, a block of flats. Every year, around 20 Anglican churches are closed for worship. They go on the sale or lease on the Church of England website. From just £45,000, Bollinum St Silas in Herefordshire could be yours. All Souls in Hastings and St Michael's 
in Letchworth are also on the market. No part of the country is untouched by the great ecclesiastical sell-off. According to the Telegraph, nearly a thousand churches closed between 1987 and 2019. In many more churches throughout the UK, there are bigger and bigger spaces between occupied pews, like the gap-riddled teeth of a chain smoker. Weekly church attendance in the Church of England is equivalent to below 2% of England's general population. White British people are driving this decline in religious worship and affiliation. As the Birkbeck political scientist Eric Kaufman puts it, secularisation is almost entirely a white British phenomenon. And according to research by the statistician Peter Burley, non-white church attendance increased by 19% between 1980 and 2015, but decline among white people by the same percentage in that same time period. The number of white British people who take no religion in the census rose from 15.4% in 2001 to 28% in 2011. The 2021 census, meanwhile, shows that the parts of England and Wales that are least religious also tend to have the highest share of white people. Carefilly, Blynau Gwent and Rhonda Kinnon Taff in South Wales, Brighton and Hove and Norwich in England. London is the most socially conservative city in the country, largely because of its religiously devout ethnic minority population. According to research by the Christian think tank Theos, 24% of Londoners think sex before marriage is sometimes wrong, compared with 13% of the British population. London is also the most homophobic city in the country. 29% of Londoners think homosexuality is wrong. 23% outside London take that view. The capital is more Christian today than it was during Margaret Thatcher's time as Prime Minister. According to David Goodhue, the Director of Ministerial Practice at Cranmer Hall in Durham University, between 1979 and 2012, there was a 50% rise in the number of churches in London. Rowan Williams told me that London was bucking the trend on church attendance. He was struck during his time as Archbishop not only by the force of African evangelical Christianity, but also by the powerful West African presence in many Anglican parishes. There are Anglican churches in parts of South London, such as Brixton, he said, where there would hardly be a white face in the congregation. There are also some growing Anglican churches, which are not majority African, but have an evangelical sensibility, from the congregation singing plangent rock music rather than hymns, to the priests dressed in non-religious attire. Examples of these include churches affiliated with Holy Trinity Brompton, whose vicar between 2005 and 2022 was Nicky Gumbel. He popularised the Alpha Course, a programme that claims to have introduced 25 million people to Christianity in 140 different countries. One church in the HCB network is Christ Church Spitterfields. Designed in the 18th century 
by Nicholas Hawksmoor and located deep in Pibster, London, between Shoreditch and Whitechapel, C.C. Spitz, as it's known, has a notably youthful congregation. Outside are expensive barbershops, bars and esoteric cafes. Inside is an audience singing about the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God, alongside a band led by a man with a beard and a baseball cap. A few summers ago, I attended a festival near Bournemouth called Focus, organised by the HTV network. Tents, barbecues, music, wellies. It was like attending a music festival, but with less sex and drugs, and much more Christianity. The HCB churches once had a reputation for catering only to middle-class white people, but that is changing. As Williams told me, many of the people they encourage into church ministry and who are trained in institutions such as St. Militus College in London come from ethnic minority backgrounds. The article continues after the break. For the text version of this article and all our long reads, subscribe to the New Statesman for just £1 a week for 12 weeks using our special podcast offer. Just visit newstatesman.com forward slash podcast offer. From the New Statesman comes World Review, a twice-weekly international news podcast. From Ukraine to Brazil, DC to China, we cover the stories that matter in a world that's constantly changing. Every Monday, we interview a guest for their unique perspective and expertise. And then later in the week, we come together to unpack some of the most significant stories in world affairs. Join us. Just search World Review wherever you get your podcasts. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When I was a child, I lived five minutes away from a COV church. My nose still smells the enveloping damp there. My knees are still sensitive to the hard wood. And I will never forget the dark brown walls offset by dazzling paintings of saints. Most of all, I loved the strong tea and the chocolate biscuits after the service ended. As the pinched Sunday morning broadened into a long and lazy afternoon. But I noticed something else, even back then, when I hardly noticed anything that wasn't a cartoon or a football match. There were few children and fewer young adults in my church. It was like spending an hour each week in a care home. Every Sunday, someone else's death was announced in the notices before the service ended. Church was a death-haunted place. Looking back, I am reminded of these two lines from Philip Larkin's poem, Church Going. Wondering what to look for. Wondering, too, when churches fall completely out of use. What we shall turn them into. Only London is bucking this morbid trend. Churches are not death-haunted here, in areas with a higher concentration of black Africans or where the church is infused with evangelical vigour. The future of the church is far more African than most people currently realise. The fervour of these communities and their style of worship may breathe new life into this ancient body. Africans by nature are worshippers, Pastor Adeleke tells me. They take the issue of their faith seriously. They believe that from one generation to the other, the fire must keep on burning. I don't think Africans are by nature anything. But it is true that African communities are more religious than the mainstream white British population. There can be no doubt that Christianity will change due to these demographic shifts. This complicates many assumptions in contemporary politics, which is awkward for conservative thinkers who simultaneously complain about the decline of Christianity and about large-scale immigration to Britain. Without immigration, the decline of Christianity would be even more profound. It is largely white British people who are abandoning their faith. But it is also tricky for liberal and progressives. They defend immigration, but many of these very same immigrants' communities espouse values on gender and sexuality that are far from liberal. The views of the average black African churchgoer 
on homosexuality are much closer to those of the SNP's Kate Forbes, a member of the Evangelical Free Church of Scotland, than of a Guardian reader. During the SNP leadership race, some suggested that Forbes should not be allowed to serve in high office because of her views on homosexuality and the fact she would have voted against gay marriage. A recent YouGov poll found that over 60% of British voters would support a practising Catholic, Orthodox Jew or Muslim holding high office. But fewer, 53%, would support an evangelical Christian in power. In practice, this means many future potential black African leaders may have to be coy about their faith to avoid alienating a large percentage of the British population. Contemporary British Christianity is transforming in line with many of the wider demographic, cultural and racial shifts occurring across the country. These changes do not neatly align with political orientation. They provide no clear roadmap for the Labour Party or the Conservatives. Will the religious fervour of some African communities be swallowed up by a wider British secular environment? Or will this religiosity retain its integrity and be joined by younger people of all racial backgrounds proudly proclaiming their Christian belief? Either way, the confident progressive assumption that religion will wither away, that the melancholy, long, withdrawing roar of religious faith that Matthew Arnold describes in his poem Dover Beach will continue unimpeded is wrong as long as Britain continues to be a racially diverse society, there is always a chance that religious feeling will spring up like grass above concrete, that derelict bingo halls will continue to be converted into churches. The Curious Case of London's Christian Revival was written and read by me, Tomiwa Owalade. If you enjoyed this episode, have a listen to The Battle for the Soul of English Cricket by Emma John, which is linked in the show notes. This has been Audio Long Reads from the New Statesman. This episode was produced by May Robson. The commissioning editor was Will Lloyd. The features editor was Melissa Deans. And the executive producer was Chris Stone. If you enjoy this podcast please make sure to like, subscribe and rate the show. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Trust in politics is broken. So can we get UK politics working again? That was the last time we were happy. 2012. I'm Beth Rigby, Sky's political editor. Join me every week with Labour's Jess Phillips and Conservative peer Ruth Davidson for some electoral dysfunction. This idea of nuance has completely left politics. Together, we'll focus on the policies that could deliver political satisfaction. Follow electoral dysfunction wherever you get your podcasts.